0: Toria, I got to talk about how hydration is very important. I learned this recently. Hydration's not just for like running marathons and exercising and that. You need to be hydrated daily. It's daily maintenance, right? So if you're going to the airport or standing on the sidelines of your kid's soccer game in the hot sun, if you're on back-to-back conference calls, it doesn't matter right? Proper functional hydration is essential. And Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Their hydration multiplier is the one product that you're missing in your daily life. Well, (laughs) maybe not you, Toria. (laughs) Uh,
1: It's true. I actually use Liquid IV. I've used it for probably almost two years now. Uh, It comes in so many yummy flavors. It's a little powder that you put in the water you're already going to drink. It comes in strawberry, lemonade, grape, lemon lime, pina colada, watermelon, so much more, um, it makes you feel so much better, so much faster when you need to hydrate. And with just one
0: stick of this stuff, you tr- hydrate real life two times faster than water alone. So s- quit wasting your time with water. It's it's for losers. It's a loser's game. Plus, you get essential vitamins like B3, B5, B6, B12, vitamin C, three times the electrolytes of any leading sport drink made with quality ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, soy, Plus, this company, they want equitable access to clean and abundant water for everybody. And to date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50-plus countries around the world. So, Toria, how do we get this stuff?
1: So, it's real people, real flavors, real hydration. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use your code. Oh Mr. Chef Pod at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code Oh Mr. Chef Pod at liquidiv.com. Use it now. The flashing girl from blushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh Mr. Sheffield. I, uh, uh, miss Fine. Hello.
0: Welcome to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about the nanny, a hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. I am Shandi Pasquale and I am here with... Torius Sheffield. That's right. And this week we are back with season six, episode 18, Yetta's Letters. Maybe my favorite episode of the entire series. What? This one was directed by Peter Mark Jacobson. Uh, which, of course. And um, much like last week, there was a handful of people involved in this one. So the story was by Bernard uh, Vaziga and Dan and Jay Amernick. And then the uh, script was written by Dan and Jay Amernick. So a bunch of hands in this one. I tried really hard to find who wrote the musical sequences online, and I couldn't find anything specific about it. Um, so I don't know if it was just the series composer or 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 if it was these these three gentlemen. I'm not I'm not really sure, uh, but it was mm. it was great. I wish so. If anyone knows or uh, Peter, if you are listening to this episode and want to reach out and tell us, that would be lovely because mm-hmm. I don't know and I would love to know. I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it so much. Um. So so Toria, what is this episode about? And then let's start. Let's dive in.
1: So. This episode, it, it has several things going on. We are continuing the C.C. The Niles subplot. But also, Mr. Sheffield is looking for a new play. And it yeah. seems like Yetta's old love letters might be like his ticket to some real Broadway stardom. Um, yeah. That was a really bad description. But <laughs> I was like, what is it about? It's hard to explain this one. Uh, eloquent. Yeah, thank you you again. You guys were doing a two a day, so I'm still on Australia time. So (laughs) partly what's happening. But but we do start this episode off exactly where we left off last week. Nothing
0: but the best for our final episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For the series finale, we're going to both be sleep deprived.
1: (laughs) <laughs> and that's a promise. Oh, uh, yes, okay.
0: Sorry. So, go ahead.
1: Fran and Maxwell, they have just stumbled on Cece and Niles in bed together, and now they're downstairs in the kitchen, like, moments later, and they're rehashing what they just saw. And they're like, what do we do? And they're like, I guess we should just say nothing, right? It's just as Niles comes down the stairs going, I'm too sexy. I'm, and he's like, I'm too sexy for my apron, too sexy for my blender. <laughs> just <laughs> singing to himself, and he goes to the fridge, and he grabs, Silly. like, Whipped cream and chocolate sauce and all this stuff, and he starts heading back upstairs. <laughs> and Mister Sheffield's like, "Don't you need anything to put that on?" And then Niles just goes, "I've got, I've got something in my room, <laughs> which we know <laughs> means C.C. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. They're getting haba, dirty haba. and frisky, and then." La, 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 la. Cut to later that week, we're in Mr. Sheffield's office, it's daytime, and he is in a very depressive state over his most recent play closing. Cause he had clearly thought, you know, or had hoped it would maybe go to like the 49th Street Theater, which is like a big theater on in the Broadway theater district. But um mm-hmm. instead it, it closed. Um, and then Cece comes in and she is positively glowing. She is in the best mood we have. Ever seen CCN? She's so happy. She even leans over to Fran's pregnant belly and is like, "Baby's baby's baby's baby." baby, baby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, like, good news, Maxwell. I ha- like, we have someone who will rent the Forty Nineteenth Street Theater from you and basically like take that huge expense off our hands. And at first, he's really happy until he finds out that it is Andrew Lloyd Webber who is going to. Um, be looking for a new play to produce. So in response to that, Mr. Sheffield says he will not actually give anybody access to that theater. And he vows to find his own new show to produce in that space, just so that Andrew mm-hmm. Lloyd Webber can have it. So that kind of gets everything rolling. It really sets things up for what we have coming next. Uh, because in the next scene, the doorbell rings and um, Fran goes to answer it. It's Sylvia Yeta. <laughs> Sylvia is, Uh, holding like this antique wooden box and Frank goes, what a gorgeous chest. And Yada goes, Thank you, thinking they're (laughs) Um, and then they open this like old antique chest that had belonged, it had like been in the family for several generations. And And they're, like, pulling things out of it, and they find this old picture of, like, a handsome man. And Fran's like, ooh, Yada, is this grandpa? And she's like, uh, yeah. And then takes the picture and (laughs) talks it away, which is definitely a joke, like, a running joke with the fine women. Like, when they're clearly lying, they go, uh, yeah, yeah um, and they also start pulling out old baby clothes because like they pull out this little dress um, baby dress and Yada's like oh that was my dress when I was a baby your mother's is in there too and then they pull out Sylvia's first baby dress and it's gigantic
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then this is where we really get cooking cooking with gas um, they find these old love letters that Yada had written and it, she reveals that she had actually fallen in love with a man named Richard before she met Fran's grandfather, Joe. And apparently, they had met on the boat coming over from Romania, and she had already had an arranged marriage with Joe in America, but she had never met him before. And when she got to America, she ended up having to decide who she would marry. But she wrote mm-hmm. Richard, the guy from the boat, like letters almost every day for five years after that. Um and then yeah. but then kept the letters because she didn't have his address, which is why <laughs> we have them now, which is very funny. Um and so while she's talking about this she we cut to a silent movie style flashback
0: That's of great. Yetta
1: and Richard's first hey, meeting. I love uh, it. Did you love how so young perfect. Yetta was played by Anne Gilbert yeah. just in a brown way? <laughs> It was. So, <sighs> I
0: loved it so much. I loved the silent movie thing. I, I, I this was a great episode.
1: Yes, it was such a funny way of of like relaying that information. And oh, we she also mentions how they ultimately they were separated at Ellis Island, and it is a great story. I wrote what a story. Um, yeah. And then in the next scene, Fran goes into Maxwell's office later that day, and she's holding like an envelope full of Yetta's letters, and she actually pitches him the idea of turning these letters into a play because she's like you know I know you're looking for your next big idea and like he even has like a stack of scripts in front of him that he absolutely hates and he's like lamenting that there's nothing good out there but he literally like papoos the idea he's like oh and he, he literally won't even read a letter meanwhile the office phone rings and Fran picks it up and it turns out it is Andrew Lloyd Webber's secretary calling to ask why Maxwell won't rent him that space. And Maxwell's like, oh, I don't want to talk to him. I'll tell her I'll, I'll write him a letter. Get his address. So Fran um, ends up getting Andrew Lloyd Webber's address and jots down the jots the address down on the envelope that had yet his stuff in it. And then, because we're really setting up some dominoes here, um... Niles comes in and says that a messenger is coming to pick up the stacks of rejected plays because what they used to do before PDFs and emails is they would they would literally like as we've said before send hard copies of these plays to messengers and then they would return them if they, you would return them if you didn't want them you know presumably so that they could be sent out to other people uh, it, was, it was a whole to do and I just wrote though dum dum but I don't think that's what I meant. I think I meant more of a – that's more of a joke. I think I meant dun-dun-dun, but I wrote da-dum-dum on my own notes. <laughs> I, I, meant, I meant the suspense version.
0: You got the, you got the dumb part right.
1: Waka-waka-waka. Eh? Eh? <laughs> uh, so then this chain of events takes yes. us to several days later. When Brighton and Fran are reading the paper, and they see that Andrew Lloyd Webber is coming out with a new musical based on a, quote, "yetta Rosenberg's letters," and it was like it was like a Jewish immigrant woman, Yetta Rosenberg's love letters, and Fran freaks out because she realizes that those yeah. letters in that envelope must have been taken out with the outgoing mail when that messenger. Dude.
0: Mm-hmm. When Niles is walking out with the stack of envelopes, I literally went, no. <laughs> I was I I, I, like, not Oh, I immediately was like, no. Uh, I did not know that it was going to end up in Andrew Ludweber's Weber's lap, nor did I realize they were then going to show us <laughs> Yetta in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> With Angelou Weber, who gives one of my favorite lines ever, which is, "We could have gone to Epcot and seen all the country." <laughs>
1: yes, that's it. That's what she says to Angelou. I'll do. Wait, hold on one second. I'm turning the heat on.
0: Turn the heat around, na 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 na. na. Turn it upside down. i to feel i to feel
1: um, yeah, but yes, but before we even get to Yetta in Paris, which would be the Netflix show I most want to see, it's also, right it's also
0: the uh, I, my preferred song to uh, the Kanye West and Jay Z song,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but so, so. Fran realizes this and she's like, oh my God, Maxwell's going to kill me. Like he's somehow going to blame me for this. And she's right. He runs in, he's furious. He's like, how did Andrew Lloyd Webber get, you know, access to Arietta's letters? And, you know, she's like, well, you know, you, do, you weren't even interested in them, which is to be fair, absolutely true. Like he was not even going to like read a single line from a single letter, but she does calm him down. And she's like, look, this article says they're actually there. They're in negotiations over the letters, meaning like we still have a chance. And he's like, well, this should be easy. You know, I I should easily be able to like, you know, get my own like grandmother in laws. Yeah. Right. you know, yeah. you know, she loves me. Uh, but then we cut to Yetta signing. <laughs> she's, as you said, she's in Paris yep. with a- Andrew Lloyd Webber. Cause he's clearly whining and dining her. And, This is when she says, you know, we could have gone to Epcot and seen all of Europe, but she's so charmed that she signs away the rights to her letters. And then in the next scene, Maxwell's in his office and Cece literally comes like almost floating in. She is so happy. She is in this like white floral dress.
0: She's She's like a Disney character. It's very funny.
1: Yes. Yes. And she's like, She's a true vision she's we'd never yeah. seen her dress like this or act like no. this, so it was very fun. And she's like, hello, I- good morning yes. like." <laughs> Yes, and then she like steps out onto the balcony, and like a dove lands on her hand. She's well, they and you know, they like hit
0: her with like an extra spotlight, so like she glows when she walks outside. It's very, very funny.
1: <laughs> yep, and she's so high on life that she doesn't even care that you had to sign the rights away to Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh, and we also we should mention there is a running gag in this episode. That, like, every time someone in the house, like, goes to try to get, like, olive oil or chocolate sauce or anything, they're out. And it's clear it's because Niles and Cece keep using it for sex.
0: Yes. Which, okay. I understand the chocolate thing, right? I Like, I, I get that. I, I can understand the appeal of chocolate. What are you doing with olive oil, though? It tastes gross. Maybe. It can't be g- good for you to be in you. Maybe
1: or <laughs> like- a, a massage oil. Maybe I don't maybe know like, that one
0: baffled like me.
1: Bre- maybe they're like running bread over <laughs> each other's bodies. It reminded me. Did You ever
0: see the movie Hot Shots?
1: The yes, Hop like, Gun yes, parody yes, yes. It reminded me
0: of the sex scene in that where he's like he like puts cherries on her and then he like cooks bacon on her stomach <laughs> and then like <laughs> it's, he puts like an, he makes like a martini in her belly button. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, so awesome. yeah, all of the all of the foods are being used in um Niles and Cece's weird uh, sex uh, yes. sex capades. Season sex continues unabated.
1: And the rest of the household just like tacitly accepts it because they don't want to yeah. admit that they know they're having sex.
0: We also learn that Yeta visited Jim Morrison's grave while in Paris, which <laughs> 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 killed me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, oh, but so so, Cece does not have a care in the world, even though she professionally probably should be worried about Yetta signing over these letters. But then Maxwell has an idea when he's talking to Fran. He's like, you know, Yetta's not exactly with it anymore. I, I can't imagine that that contract is valid. And no sooner does he say that does Sylvia come in, and she haven't <laughs> she's like, oh yeah, I've had bur- I, I've had Bauer of attorney over Yetta for years, so. They realize that like android lover actually does not have a valid contract, and if mm-hmm. anything, like they have the power position now because they can just get Sylvia to sign her mother's yeah. love letters over to them, which is yeah. all very opportunistic. <laughs>
0: but- it is, but and then we get a great beat where Maxwell's like, "Oh, well, cool. So, like, what do we got to do to get that started?" And then we immediately cut to Maxwell and Sylvia in Paris. <laughs>
1: yes, 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 yes. He now and has the wine goes, and dine her.
0: And she tries to call the waiter. And what she says is, uh, Frera Jacques, Frera Jacques, could I have my Dorme vous And she makes the sign for like, give me my check.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: yes. So dumb. I love it.
1: Um, I loved it. And also in that previous scene, um, we had a, a very funny – sort of met line where when Maxwell says that, you know, yet clearly isn't in her right frame of mind to be signing contracts. Fran goes, well, you know, other than her thinking we're Rob and Laura Petrie and she's our neighbor mm. Millie, you know, she's just occasionally confused. And so, you know, that's a Dick Van Dyke reference. And in Gilbert was neighbor, Gil neighbor Millie to yeah. Rob and Laura Petrie who were Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore.
0: It's great. It's, it's mm-hmm. great. I also really liked that they did a super cut of all of Yetta's like funny moments or dementia, <laughs> but however, whatever perspective you want to have on it. And my yes, favorite yes. one, which I got reminded of, is Yetta in a changing room. And they go, Yetta, are you coming out? And she goes, In a minute, I can't figure out if I'm voting for Kennedy or Nixon. Yes. yes. <laughs> she thinks I can't she's decide in the ballot if box. I'm voting for
1: Kennedy or Nixon. Yes, that one <laughs> made me laugh so hard
0: too. Oh, uh, That one's great. Um. So then we cut to six weeks later. Mm. Hmm. Hard cut. Um. Weird playbill choice. Like I get it, but weird. You know that that was the playbill <laughs> choice.
1: <laughs> I think it was. You know, it's played for last because well, we cut to six. Yes. We we cut to later. <clears throat> the the musical production Yetta's Letters has premiered it is a huge hit and we see the play b- bill and it's just like a very current picture of Yetta in her like <laughs> track suits and giant glasses <laughs> uh still made me laugh um and then mm-hmm. so they're mm-hmm. all they're all in the kitchen now pouring over the reviews the next day and it's sort of like you know you know Maxwell Sheffield has the hit of the season like this this show has um it has Tony written all over it. And I guess we should also say we we steamrolled over the fact that we see a big musical number from the show. Oh, uh it where is Yetta is so I, good. It was so good. It was like they wrote like a real song and there's this young woman playing young Yetta, singing about, you know, her love life, and she's on Ellis Island and she doesn't know who she's gonna choose. Um, and they got, you know, real Broadway performers you Know talented New York performers to be in the scene, and so then we actually cut to the them the next day reading all these reviews around the table, yeah. And um, so it's like you were when you earlier were mentioning production value and how maybe Peter Mark Jacobson had to like you know take a couple weeks to really prep for this episode. This is the main reason why, because this is a big production for Absol- a well, and top. then
0: and then the uh, we we also get. Not to jump too far ahead, but we also get a very involved uh, Niles musical number at the end of the episode. So yeah, my mm-hmm. thinking on on, on uh, uh, PMJ not being there for to direct last week's episode uh, is directly because I, I think there was probably a lot of choreography that was happening, probably rehearsals. I mean, th- there's a lot that goes into doing a, even a single musical sequence, let alone two in an episode. So I, I'm sure that they were doing double prep.
1: Mm-hmm, I, would, mm-hmm, I would bet my and-
0: – I'll bet my – uh, the ranch on it. The ranch dressing <gasps> in my fridge.
1: <laughs> Sean, you love your ranch dressing. <laughs> it goes on all my salads. Oh, I hope you win this – <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do without that ranch. Oh, there actually Good. was a – there actually – speaking of the olive oil, this time in because we find oh. out that Niles and Cece have been using olive oil because when Niles brings in a salad to Mr. Sheffield – Mr. Jeffy goes, oh, you know I don't like ranch. Like, where's my Italian dressing? And then he's like, yeah. uh, we're uh, we're out of olive oil.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I brought it uh, up. I wasn't just making it up.
1: <laughs> the ran- No, but I thought. Oh, the ranch. The ranch thing.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying.
1: Oh, I do yeah. love. I also I got to tell you, I read uh, Priscilla Presley's memoir, Elvis and Me, oh. recently, and they bought a ranch. <laughs> it was a disaster. <laughs> So while they're reading these reviews, yeah. it was very funny because Yada puts down her paper and she goes, What a story. I can't believe that lady chose the chose the furrier over the handsome waiter. What a schmuck she walks out <laughs> because she doesn't even remember that this is her life story. She's so yep. funny the idea that you would like, you would call yourself a schmuck and not even.
0: Well, yeah, because she's that's like so a third-party funny. observer, going like, "Well, that lady was an idiot." <laughs> it's like that's you. <laughs> I know.
1: But also, hey, I would say sometimes financial security is yeah. important as well. So, and, yeah. and going for the hot, going for some hot, attractive person—that's gonna fade, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah.
0: Listen, looks don't last forever, but money does.
1: <laughs> money does. Money. Hey. It's Wall Street 2, Money Never Sleeps.
0: <laughs> it doesn't um. have to. Um, and then we get a, a really funny <laughs> bit where Niles goes like, oh, well, I'm very tired. It's time for me to go upstairs to bed. And he like very conspicuously like walks upstairs. And then like a second later, Cece goes, oh, and I'm also very tired. Time for me to go home. And then she proceeds to walk to the door, open it, slam it shut and then quietly walk backwards to the stairs yeah. to run up to Niles. room. I <laughs> yeah. like the description can't do it justice. It was very, very, very good physical comedy. It made me laugh, like actually laugh out loud. Like I thought it was yes. just so funny.
1: It was so funny and goofy. Um, and you know that, uh, you know, you can tell that Mr. Sheffield and, and Fran now they just blatantly turn a blind eye. Like it's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we also, uh, some things to call out um Fran is way more pregnant now because we did a bit of a time jump in this episode from like when the letters get um optioned all the way up to the actual production um which was kind of nice weeks you know
0: which is Mm -hmm. that's a long time in pregnant
1: yeah that's a a long time in pregnancy years (laughs) uh and then also we have a funny beat at the end where um Fran's like you know honey I think this show would make a great movie and he's like He's like, I'm right there with you. He's like, I'm going to be in touch with Sylvia in the morning to get the movie rights. And he's like, it should be easy. You know, I'm her favorite son-in-law. And then we (laughs) got to Sylvia embarrassed with Spielberg (laughs) getting wined and dined. Um, And then the actual um, button on this episode, which again is very involved for a button, is Cece comes into the living room where Maxwell is reading the paper. And she basically is trying to... um, uh, help niles get this play made because we also find out in this episode that not that like uh, uh niles's play that he wrote about a butler always like somehow gets pushed to the top of <laughs> Mr. Sheffield's stack for review and she's like you know Maxwell I read Niles's play and it's fantastic and he's like oh stop it like I'm not going to put it on I just can't see it and and then she's like, well, "What about now?" And then cue spotlight hitting like the living <laughs> room by the piano. Niles so starts who would be I know well Niles who had been dusting starts singing and dancing, and then an entire musical number um, grows around him with like back with <laughs> yeah, like a chorus. <laughs> uh huh. And it, like ends with him getting lifted above everybody's head.
0: Yeah, it was really great. Honestly, I would watch that musical. If she wasn't wrong.
1: Yeah, and it was like he's a six dollar an hour man. That's it. Um, and then that was the whole episode.
0: That was the episode. 10 out of 10.
1: Yet as Lettuce.
0: Yet as yep. Lettuce. The title reminds me a little bit of The Rural Jur from yes. uh, 30 Rock. <laughs> yeah. Yet as <is> Liz. What? <laughs> I'm in a new movie. What's the movie called? The Rural Jur. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> the Rural Jur. <laughs> the Rural Jur. What a, great, what a great, great show! Great bit. Um, um, all so right, then- well, listen, it's time. It's time for segments.
1: Segments,
0: and the reason it's time for segments, and the reason this segments theme was chosen this week, is because of Yetta, who we should quickly mention before we dive in, had maybe the best jacket of the entire series that that America red, white, and blue sequins jacket. Holy oh mackerel! Oh my mm-hmm. goodness, she is a beast and a hip hop legend, and that's why I've picked this segments theme. And now segments.
1: Are we ready for segments?
0: Uh, we are so ready for segments. Let's go. Um segment? all right, so it's
1: segment time. Segments. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to our segments? Um, should we get into our segments? Segments uh with Sean and Torya. <laughs> I really like that. One. Oh man, my white greeting voice had no business being <laughs> being paired with those sounds. <laughs> so discordant. All right. Um, um, okay. Favorite, favorite lines, lines favorite and moments. moments. <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll just say, like the everything with Yetta's letters, Yetta's yes. letters, and the flashback was just so good. But yep. I actually only flagged one actual line, even though yeah. I know that can't be true because I, I loved so much this episode. But I just, <laughs> so after Yetta regaled Sylvia, Fran, and Val with this story of like Richard or Joe or, you know, coming over on the boat, Val goes, Well, Yetta, stop keeping us in suspense. Who did you end up with? Richard or? Fran's grandfather.
0: <laughs> She's so dumb. So dumb. I only had a couple. I mean, there was a, a billion moments that I kind of just called out as we went through. There was so many, so many good moments, but there were two specific things I really liked. I really enjoyed Fran torturing Cece and Niles, um, like in the beginning. Uh, you know because she knows they slept together but they don't know she knows and so she says like things like hmm, I wonder if the butler did it and like stuff like that uh-huh. and there's a great beat where she they, they give a very different kind of shot of Fran like walking out of Mr. Sheffield's office and she says that butler didn't line and then Cece and Niles kind of like stick their heads or crane their heads around the door frame to be like what does she know and I just thought it was a great I like that beat a lot. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the other thing I thought was very very funny is Fran is in Mr. Sheffield's office and he the phone rings and he's like answer the phone and she answers it and he's like pretend to be my secretary and she says with what may I help you with doing please. Yes,
1: <laughs> <Which> is- yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and then and then she I she write whispers it down. Uh, yes, and then she whispers <laughs> why she goes Android lever wants to talk to you. And Mr. Sheffield goes, tell him I'm not here. And she goes, he says he's not here. It's so <laughs> good. Just...
0: With what may I help with you doing, please? It was so, yeah. and he like looks at her like, what language is this person? speaking?" <laughs> this is
1: like when Sylvia tries <gasps> to speak classy to Elizabeth Taylor. Yes. This is an honor yes. unparalleled in my youth. Yes. <laughs> um, Okay. <laughs> So then, Yiddish, we had so much Yiddish this episode. So much Yiddish. Very fitting yes. for a Yedda's letters episode. Yes, of course. I'll go, I'll first mention the ones we've already heard, because then we yes. have two brand new um, Yiddish okay. phrases, which is kind of rare at this point. Like, usually we have yeah. a lot of, like, ones we've had before. But so we have Tukis, which means bottom. Yeah. We have Masbuka mm-hmm. family. We have mashugana, crazy. Ah. Schmuck, a foolish person. person. Mm-hmm. But schmuck. <laughs> Wow, that's a tongue twister. Schmuck, a foolish person.. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: <laughs>
1: but so the, the two new ones, and then we can get into Sean's um, excellent little book. The first was mm-hmm. shuttle, Shuttle? Oh
0: my Shettle. gosh. I can't read
1: my own writing. Shuttle. Shuttle.
0: Yeah. Shuttle.
1: Yeah. And in, as in the line, you had a whole you had oh yeah, you had a whole Dawson shuttle thing going on back there. Um, yep. It is a Yiddish term for the small towns with pred- predominantly Ashkenazi Jewish populations, which existed in Eastern Europe before the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, my family came from Shettles. <laughs> um Shtetl. There's a T. Shet- I ri- I it rhymes with, like, kettle. Things, I write these things down wrong. Um, also, notice, this is the second Dawson's Creek reference we've had this season, so I bet yeah. someone on the writer staff was a fan.
0: Hey, who wasn't? Shettle. You know?
1: I mean to be f- honestly, I should have write- said clearly the whole writers' room was a fan because yeah. we were all watching Dawson's this time. Yeah, uh, and then there was also the word boy chick, which yeah. is a term of endearment for a young boy or man, um, mm-hmm. especially with whom someone is familiar. Boy chick.
0: Yeah, yeah, boy chick. Um,
1: Any so yeah, anything? I do have
0: my my little book. Um, I'll start with Shtetl because it's it's interesting. So it is a little uh, city or a small town or a village. Uh, it is uh, particularly in Eastern Europe, right? Uh, which flourished for the Ashkenazi uh, uh, Jews kind of flourished before World War II. Um, but this book says that there's a special importance in the history of Jews because it evokes special meaning and memories. So, for a lot of people, most of the inhabitants in shtetls were Jews, um, but this was specifically in a pre uh, World War II time. So, this was the incubator that this book says of uh, Ashkenazic culture. So, Jews of shtetls were typically. Poor fundamentalist in faith, uh, earthly, superstitious, uh, stubbornly resisting of secularism or change. They wrote in Hebrew um, uh, uh, or Yiddish, uh, and then and then they were you know dairymen and cobblers and tailors and butchers. It was the the, the working class of Europe of Eastern Europe, um, and a lot of like the the you know the things that we associate with Ashkenazic culture kind of like fermented in, in shtetls in this period. So they, they, they hold a special significance. I thought that was very interesting. I, 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 will briefly, I just wanted to, to talk about, uh, the, the, this book's, uh, terms on Mishbucha um, which yes, mishpucha is, is family, right? Relatives near, far, whatever, but it's also ancestors, um, you know, this book says the term "all Jews are mishpucha" means you know that 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 everyone is one family, all Israel is one is one. You know, and and we all have one thing in common. We're all mishpucha, which I thought was really interesting uh, as a just like a concept. You know mm-hmm. that that we're all mm-hmm. part of one big family. Um, and then boychek, boychek is uh, is uh, there's a the plural is uh, boychek and the diminutive oh, is boy it, yep, and the diminutive is boychickle, which I think is really cute too.
1: What? It's like, <laughs> boy-chickle. It's like, it's so cute.
0: Like a little cutie. yeah. Uh, so yeah, boy chick is a is typically used with affection. oh, that's my boy, you know, hello, boy chick. How are you, boy chickle? Uh, is usually uttered to males long past their boyhood. generally used to or about an aging man boy chick carries a tinge of sarcasm with it uh so it's like you know at his age to go after young girls this boy chick is the is the example given um, uh, and then also an alternate definition is uh is is it said critically so it's like someone who cuts corners or is like a tricky guy you know he's some boy chick this guy you know like that uh, it's interesting. this book, the the, the beginning of this book uh, kind of delves into how one of the amazing and very unique things about Yiddish is that so much of the language hinges on sarcasm and <laughs> and on dry delivery, that like there's more words for sarcastic terms in Yiddish than in any other language. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, they have specific words that are just words that are de- meant to be delivered only in a sarcastic manner.
1: That's Amazing. Incredible. That's, That's incredible. That's incredible. I love it.
0: Yeah. So there you go. Um, okay. I
1: love it. Um, yeah. So that who, who did, did Liz get you the book?
0: Uh yeah yeah Elizabeth That's got it. it for me I I had put it on a an, an Amazon wish list that I keep uh, with like just books that I physical books that I would oh, like to okay. get throughout the year and and usually at this time of year all of my friends and family that that have access to that list just kind of clear it out for me which is great because I love physical books and I I, I love to be I like mm-hmm. to hold books when I read them yeah. so I cleaned hey. up this year I did good
1: um new hotness books. Old what is it? The new old and busted, and the Old and Busted Internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's it. I, Sean's I, I'm hot right takes.
0: There with you. New no no's um, um okay, so or so, the CC.
1: No no no. I don't Fuck. know how many years <laughs> we have to do it. God Nanny Trivia. Um oh, shit and, okay, so <laughs> Andrew. Well, you know what, to your credit, you actually remembered Fran or CC at all this
0: I know. I, I was you know, so you know, proud of myself.
1: Well, you know what? I can see because the book and delving more into those terms sort of felt like nanny trivia. And in fact, it's more interesting than the actual nanny trivia that I collected this week. Because I just said that um, the actor who played Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, in a very, you know, bit part in this episode, it was an actor named Sam Mountain. And they clearly did try to find an Andrew Lloyd Webber lookalike. Although they put him in like a luscious way, which was very funny to me. This man, <laughs> yeah. Sam Mountain, he only had one other credit to his name. And that was, uh, a movie in which he played quote, a control room worker. Um, and I then looked up if Andrew Lloyd Webber wore to toupee or something. And no, they just they just gave the actor a luscious wig. <laughs> yep. Um, though he did have sort of a mop head of hair when he was young. So I guess it made sense. Um, and that's it. That's all for I, trivia. In, and now we can do the Fran or the CC or the whoever. In my
0: headcanon, they just never bothered to learn anything about the actual Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> they were just like, whatever. He's got a big head of hair. Who cares? It's very <laughs> funny. Um. um Strain of the CC. Um, Let's get into it. I
1: said, I felt like Mr. Sheffield because I think I would be that petty that like, it would just feel so good to finally get that win. (laughs) And he like, well, I would not like, you know, cut out my own good reviews and mail them to my nemesis as he is. It was (laughs) just like, I was like, oh yeah. Like I can kind of tap into that feeling of like Mm -hmm. imagining like how it will feel when you finally get that thing, you know?
0: Sure yeah um mm-hmm. I'm not a petty uh, asshole like you, so I Jeez. saw myself more <laughs> uh no I saw myself as niles quite frankly because i also uh truly only want to like burst out into song and and have a whole musical unfold about uh about my uh very mundane life uh so mm. i i related to it i lived vicariously through it i would love nothing more. Like a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I want to have a big party for my 50th birthday, or I want this. Like, you know what would be the greatest gift for my 50th birthday? I want a flash mob to unfold. And I want Ah. choreography that I have learned that no one knows (sighs) that I learned. And then I like just like I just that like that's what I want. (laughs) I want to I want to learn choreography in secret go to a public place with like friends and family and then just mysteriously break out into song and dance in front of them.
1: <laughs> I think it you would heard be it here bad. first. Sean wants to be the center of the universe. <laughs> no, that, that. but no, I agree. That would be so fun. Um, and everybody, um, we should post this on the, um, we should definitely post this on the Oh Mr. Sheffield uh, feed. Sean got to go dance in front of, Hundreds, if not a thousand people, dressed as SpongeBob SquarePants, or were I you, did. or were you the star, or were you Patrick?
0: both? I was both. So I, oh my I, gosh, I went. My buddy uh, Matt Bennett does these amazing live shows, with which I highly recommend everybody attend uh, one, uh, uh, especially if you're of a certain age range. Matt Bennett was. Uh, was on um was on this show victorious and so if you're of the age of that range and you grew up watching nickelodeon and these kinds of shows uh he does like all this whole dj night where he like basically just plays music from that era and so he did a show in town and we had a guest in town and so i decided it would be fun to go and then he was like hey i have these costumes that i bought these like inflatable costumes of spongebob and squidward and um and uh patrick and and i was like i'll put them on and dance around and so i did and it was it was very silly i am so sad i missed
1: this i am like i've because even before all this i've been like i really want to go to one of those shows when they're in town when they're in town and like Finally, he had one in LA and it was the same day I was leaving town. I was so excited.
0: He'll have another one. We'll bring you to the next one. But yeah, if if you're interested in checking it out, it's Party101LA on Instagram. I think there's some videos of me up there uh, already. And if not, my Instagram, Sean writes, you can check out. And then we'll put it on our Oh Mr. Chef pod one. Uh, Toria, we'll figure out how to do that. And you -hmm. can follow us there and talk to us there and all of that stuff. You can also email us at ohmrsheffieldpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, Toria, guess what, dude? (gasps) We will be back. Whoa. 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 I was going to say, I mean, yes, goodbye. But we will be back next week with episode 19. And then we have only three more episodes after that left.
1: Wait, isn't I thought there was four more. 20, 21. Are uh, there twenty-three episodes this season?
0: There's twenty-two. What? There's only twenty-two. <gasps> yep. We got nineteen. Is Maggie's wedding, and then we start into the th- like basically three-part finale. We've got the baby shower, and then finale part one, and finale part two, and then we're out. Toria, isn't that how crazy? Are we,
1: how? Wait, did Maggie get engaged?
0: No. Nope. What? <laughs> I don't know.
1: We'll see. <laughs> so confused.
0: <laughs> Maybe. I don't remember it happening. But we'll find out. But yeah. So listeners, this is the final. This is this is episode five of a countdown to the finale uh, next week. We got four left. I'm sad, We got to figure may. out what to do. We got to make some decisions. We got to figure out, is this the end? Are we going to take a little hiatus and then do like a little mini season of – Of I would watch watch Beautician and the Beast. (laughs) That's what I was
1: just about to say.
0: Yeah, I would watch that and do like a little mini, I don't know, we'll talk about it. There might be some ways that we could, maybe we'll watch like the pilots for the other shows too and do like an episode of that where we kind of talk about the pilots and Mm -hmm. how they set things up. And maybe we could compare those pilots to the nanny pilot to see like how they've also kind of grown as, you know, Fran and, and Peter... Guru as like writer-producers that could be interesting so I we'll we'll talk about it we are obviously we have to make a decision soon and we are uh, very grateful that you guys listened and we'll see you next week Toria goodbye goodbye and now segments
1: are we ready for segments
0: we are so ready for segments let's go um segment?
1: all right, so it's segment time. Segments. hmm Should we move on to our segments? Um, should we get into our segments? Segments, uh with Sean and Torya. <laughs>